everybody, and welcome back to The Wealth of Health, a podcast focused on promoting conscious gratitude for what our bodies do for us on a daily basis. Now, if you're new here, my name is Taylor Beasley. There is one more episode other than this that you can listen to. It is down below on Spotify. It kind of talks about my background, my health journey, and why I started this podcast in the first place. If you are not new and you have listened to that, I just want to take a minute and thank everybody. I didn't expect a really huge response, and I did get a lot of support from people that I haven't heard from in a while, people that talk to me on a regular basis. It was just, it was really nice to feel this sense of of support, and I'm really excited to see where this goes, so thanks again for that. A couple more platforms that I'm expanding this communication on. We have an Instagram page, we, it's me. I have an Instagram page for this podcast. It's at the underscore wealth of health. So you can go ahead and follow that. And I did start a blog again. Some of you know about this in, I think it was November of last year, October or November called the true definition. It's on WordPress. And there's some more pieces on there about things I don't necessarily include in the podcast. If you're looking for some more quarantine content. Ooh, I like that. That's cool. Quarantine content. Um, So today, I'm talking about something that is commonly discussed, and I want to make sure that I don't just restate things that people already talk about, but it talks about, how do I want to say this? I'm talking about the effect that media has on our own perception of what health means, not necessarily in general, but for ourselves. So again, if you had listened to this first episode of my podcast, you will remember Hopefully, if you were actually paying attention, there was a moment where I talked about how I think that there's a little bit of a hole in the the beauty movement, the not the beauty movement, the body positivity movement. Um, that was me falling prey to what they want me to think. Ugh. But the body positivity movement, I think, is fantastic. But it, from what I've seen, is still just scratching the surface of what it means to be an individual and to be a healthy individual and be a, a be satisfied with yourself um, as a whole. And so I'm hoping that through this content that I'm putting out, I can start trying to start a conversation, filling that gap and diving deeper into the the health side of it, the the self, the the deeper self, what I think is more, a little bit more important, um, because without the, the the health, you don't have what's on the outside because you can't really function, um, and we're kind of exposed to these ideas on a daily basis, whether it's you know Instagram now TikTok has taken off and will consume hours and hours of my day. I I didn't download the app for so long, so I'm like, don't do it, Taylor. Don't do it. You're gonna get sucked in. Then when quarantine hit, I was like, God, I just, I need something to, I guess, waste time on. And it's, it's really wasted my time. Um, but that it's putting out a lot of the same media images, um, of the, the idealistic body, the idealistic life. Um, Facebook, it still floats around over there. Um, and Snapchat even, not just necessarily with filters or anything, but you have these news pieces that come up that have representations in the media of what you're supposed to be, what you're not supposed to be. Um, And I was recently doing a research paper that I dove into standards of 
health in the fitness industry. And I was searching around on Amazon and typed in, you know, like women's workout gear to Amazon. The first thing to come up was like a waist trainer belt. I'm like, seriously, like I understand that those exist, but from my experience with injury rehab, the way that my body works is not that different from the way that a man's body works in the sense that you build muscle, you get stronger. So why is that the first thing to come up when the word women are involved and the word men are involved? And I retyped it in as like men's workout gear. It was like all these dumbbells and hardcore shit. Now, I, I do not want to make this a sexually segregated issue because I think there are standards on both sides that are detrimental for one's perception of health. I think that for men, there's a stereotype that you need to be muscular and athletic, and that is the only way that someone can perceive you as healthy when there are much deeper, I, I believe, issues in there. Um, I wish I could be like phrasing this more eloquently. <laughs> um, but I think without the body functioning at its best, for whatever that means for somebody, you won't have a quality of life, your best quality of life. I shouldn't say any quality of life, because again, everyone's quality of life is different. Everybody's perception of what one thing Everyone's value of something is different depending on what they get to experience regularly. And I know that sounds a little bit um, wonky or hard to understand, but I'll take, let's see if I can find an example. Like I talked a little bit about this in the first episode where like when I was getting healthy after some stomach issues, I realized how much of a blessing it was for me to be able to shower on my own. Now. Most people don't think about that. They just wake up and shower. But for people who have paralysis issues or for people that have issues with fainting and that's a safety hazard, I realize like those are regular concerns that they have. And I felt gratitude that I didn't have to think about that anymore. So it's those fundamentals. I was in a, oh my gosh, this is connecting to my psych class, Maslow's hierarchy of concerns, right? Like, you can only worry about the more complex things in life if you have your fundamental needs met. And without those fundamental biological needs being met, goals are not top of mind. And I think it's a blessing to be able to have those fundamental needs met. So moving into content a little bit, there are kind of four questions that I wanted to explore. And the first one, it's kind of, what is our everyday media saying about the health ideals and standards that we're receiving every day? And the obvious one that I touched on a little bit is slightly sexually segregated, but I think generally when it comes down to health, they are the same. Um, for women, the obvious, you know, physique, the weight, the size, hair color, you know, we have this idea of the tall, slim, 
female, you look at her and you're like, wow, she's fit, she's healthy, she's living her best, whatever. Um, and I know there are a lot of companies out there. I know Aerie recently did a campaign of completely untouched photographs, which I think was fantastic. I think that's a huge step in the right direction. Body positivity is something that I've been doing research papers on since the middle of uh, high school, which I guess really wasn't that long ago now that I think about it. I say that like it's been 10 years or something. But in the, in the scheme of my life, it feels like I've, I've always been really passionate about it. Um, and on the other side, I touched on this, like men are expected to have the, these huge toned defined muscles and the whole six pack thing and everyone's so obsessed with like is he over six foot or whatever like <laughs> it's just it's really interesting to me how those things have become such values in the eyes of um in, in the eyes of the media and, and then we receive that every day and it's constantly reinforcing how we see people through that lens and it's very hard to break down a lens once you've grown up or developed it um, and what I think is a good shift that we could kind of try and implement but it's harder to see because I know that the the way that the media is portraying these ideals, the weight, the size, the muscles, the height, everything, it's easy to portray because it's visible, right? You could put a perfume ad out of an idealistic woman, an idealistic healthy man, and right off the bat, we're consuming that media in a way that perceives it as healthy, but things like an individual living with a lack of chronic pain or an individual waking up every day and having a ton of energy or, you know, having predictable positive emotions and mental health. That's not something that is super easy to portray via media advertising. And even if it was, it possible, which it is, it takes much more thought and it's much, it's much easier to just say, Hey, slap this ideal on a poster. Um, and now that I've gone through these classes in my first semester, not just with psych, but diving into how the media strategically uses those ideals to their advantage it makes me think twice when I see them. I'm like, oh, they're those sneaky buggers. They're, they're trying to get me. Um, and it kind of leads me into my second point about where we see these images in our everyday lives. And again, a lot of it is social media. A lot of it is TV and advertising. But one that I wanted to highlight is our experiences with other people. Now, some one of the most influential ways that we as humans learn is through observational learning. We watch the way that other people interact with the world, with each other, with themselves, and we mimic 
that's how we grow up and we learn from our parents. We learn from our first friends. Um, and it's so vital to understand that and be aware of that so that you can then take what you see people doing with a grain of salt and then make your own choices and be able to separate did I do this or did I think this because someone else thought it or did I do this because I actually believe it? What are my actual opinions? Um, and start to challenge those ideals that maybe you grew up with or you're seeing in the world every day and you don't necessarily agree with. Um, and it and set your own mental standard rather than what other people have set, whether that's your friends, your family, even past your past self. Um, and that leads me into my third point. Look at me like segueing. This is fantastic. Um, how to be more aware of those persuasive pieces in your own life so that you can better your physical or mental health. Because I feel like if you're unaware of the influence that's happening, you're going to fall prey to it, right? Um, and I've found that that whole idea of knowledge is power kind of connects to this. When you're more educated on the biases that show up in our media, the stereotypes that are like kind of thrusted upon us constantly and we're bombarded with all the time, it makes it really hard to develop our own uninfluenced perspective. And so being able to see media, to have a conversation and take what take what that is is aiming to tell you, use the information and then only store the filtered pieces, if that makes sense once you've seen it through your own lens rather than the lens that's kind of being handed out by in the industry or by people you're surrounded by, experiences you've had in the past. Because I do think that is a, plays a major role as well. Things people say to you stick with you. If someone's like, oh my God, like you're so short for the rest of your life. That was like, oh my God, you're so short. Wow. Oh, knife to the heart. I could have been much meaner, but I'm not going to be That's an example. Um, that sticks with you. And then w when you see ads or pictures and someone's really, really tall, you get self-conscious. You're like, God, I'm so short. But if nobody ever told you you were short and you were never exposed to media saying that or stereotypes that saying being tall is ideal, this self-conscious nature probably would never arise, right? Um, it's, again, that observational learning as you grow up in, in this media-centric age. And so trying to live in this age where media is so vital, but then be able to take a step back and almost think old-fashioned, like, what if I didn't see that? What would I think? I'm gonna try and stick with that. Stay, stay true to your own, your own thoughts, um, and then speak those thoughts, right? 
start that conversation with your peers, with your family members, your friends. There's something I recently learned about called the spiral of silence where um, in big groups, if you're all exposed to information and think this, like, how am I supposed to explain this? Everybody in this class, if you're in my media and culture 143 class and you listen to this, you're going to be like, oh, damn, she failed the test. <laughs> but when an idea is thrust upon an audience and the majority thinks one way and one person thinks otherwise, that one person is very unlikely to speak up for fear of scrutiny from that larger group. You know, majority rule. There's this uncertainty for standing out, being the oddball, having an unpopular opinion. And I think that's something that we can start to fight. It's hard, but I think the more we do it, it only really takes a couple of people and then people start to kind of step out of the woodworks and be like, oh yeah, me too. So <laughs> try, and, try and start those conversations or, or urge people to take their own experiences to heart and, and share them and be authentic um, and support, try and support the ideas that you believe in. Otherwise, they're going to stay quiet. And so that's kind of why I'm doing this, to be honest, because it's a little scary. But I feel like if I don't, I don't know when someone will. And that's a little scarier for me. So I'm, I'm willing for this to be a little bit um, wobbly for the beginning. And then that, oh my God, look at me. Just leading into my final point individual participation. This is great. So it takes conscious effort, right? To live authentic to your own beliefs. Um, especially when these trends in media are so reinforced. Um, when I was going through high school and the whole Instagram I guess it started in middle school for me. Instagram blew up, right? I remember having an iPod Touch and, oh my gosh, iPod Touch. I had this iPod Touch that was ye had this yellow like Lego case. I cannot imagine holding that right now. Oh my God. Um, and I would, oh, should I expose myself right now? No, I'm not going to expose myself. Uh, <laughs> it was, I remember playing like tap tap revenge like all that stuff oh my god tap tap revenge okay i can't go through memory lane right now um instagram was just blowing up and my parents supervised my first instagram account and i would post pictures of like shoes i was trying on at target and like i was put like six filters on it and <laughs> my bio was like all emojis like it was something that everyone was participating in and so I was so excited to participate too so I, I dove all in right and that in that um, enthusiasm never really changed but the way that media the way that we're being expected to participate with that media is changing all the time 
and what I was expected to be putting out into the world through my connection in the media was forever changing. And I wasn't necessarily changing as quickly, but I was expected to be. I was expected to be like, oh, I'm no longer just posting pictures of, you know, me with my shoes. It's like now me with my family and then now me with my friends. And then all of a sudden people are at the pool with <laughs> in bikinis. And then all of a sudden, like, it just as you age and as this media world morphs and shifts and kind of became this like overpowering energy in influential energy in in our lives this generation kind of was expected to rise to the occasion and i kind of didn't realize that until or the the effect that it would it had had on the way that i saw the world until about a year or two ago when I got really, really sick and came out of it and then was on online and I would see a picture of people with their friends and I'd be like, that's great. But then I would look at either the comments or the description and it would be more focused on how hot they looked or how pretty their bathing suits were or how jealous people were that they were on a, on a boat that, you know, they have at their lake house or whatever. Um, And none of that is bad. I don't want to be, like, shitting on media culture because it has also gotten our generation and our world to places that we wouldn't be getting to without it. So I want to make sure that I'm I'm walking that line um, gracefully. But I think it changed the way that I wanted to participate with media when I got sick. Because I realized what's important to me isn't necessarily what's important to the advertising world, to Instagram, to Facebook in general. Now, specifically speaking, there are accounts out there that are all about chronic illness awareness, that are all about body positivity, that are like, that's what they exist for. And that's what I've started participating in. I've shifted my participation to be more authentic, more genuine to my own beliefs, my own, what I hold important. And I found that really, really liberating and less stress on the body. <laughs> that's ironic, less stress on the body. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's the title. We're going to title it stress on the body. Um, but it's, it's interesting when you take a step back and you remove that lens that growing up in, a, in this generation has kind of put in front of your face and you think about what you, you value as a person. And for some people, it might not be physical health. And that's totally fine. I'm not thrusting that upon people. But I want, I, I, I want people to feel what it feels like to have a true reflection of themselves be what other people see on their phone. I think that's something that's really special. And I know it's not 100% possible because 
there is no substitute for being face to face with someone and having a conversation about what you hold dear or what your values are. But if you can make a conscious effort to participate in that way, it's it makes those interactions or those connections that you make through the Internet or through media platforms that much more real. And I think that's really cool. If that makes any sense, that would be great because I just spent 25 minutes blabbering on <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what came out of my mouth, but I hope, um, I sticked to, I stick, oh God, again, every time I stuck to, to the subjects that I wrote down. Um, and yeah, again, Every week, I'm hoping to have something out. I have a couple people that I'm talking to about possibly bringing on. One about the Mayo Clinic program that I talked about in my first episode. I have a friend that I rode horses with that might come on and talk about the importance of passion with me. Um, and I, again, I really appreciate everybody's support through this journey of kind of fumbling through podcast technology and finding my feed and all of this. So again, Instagram is at the underscore wealth of health. Check out the blog on WordPress, the true definition, and I will talk to you guys next week.